Sometimes you just gotta let the snare drum carry a little bit into the open there. I love that sound. You know by now, snare drum time means Gophers preview and review edition of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, if only in my own mind. This is edition number 137 already. Thank you so much for those of you who come along for the ride each and every podcast. I would be Ross Brendel. You can find me on that Twitter machine at Brendel Ross. You can email the pod as well, Minnesota Sports Chat at gmail.com. Daniel House in just moments from gophersguru.com. But as always, your reminder, the obligatory reminder to rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple and Spotify. And please make sure no matter how you are listening to this podcast, please tell your friends and family all about this pod. Easiest way to do that, maybe send the link of how you're listening right now to a family member or friend. Mr. Daniel House is the founder and the man behind GophersGuru.com. He is on that Twitter machine at Daniel House NFL. And Mr. Daniel House joins me now. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Just spent uh, time getting ready for Penn State. The the closing preparations for the game this week, which I started in the bye week, but now uh, extending into the uh, the next week here. So just got the post out. Well, before we get to the next game with Penn State coming up on Saturday night on ABC, let's review what happened this past Saturday in Champaign, Illinois. This is a pistol formation here. They fake the give to Brown. Now they got him on the wheel run. Chase Brown down the sideline. Touchdown, Illinois. Thanks to Brandon Godden and the Big Ten Network for that highlight. You know, Daniel, oftentimes when a team goes down the field and scores right away to start a game, it doesn't always mean that that's how the game is going to go. doesn't mean that that team is going to win the game. However, for some reason, this past Saturday in Champaign, it just felt a little bit different, especially on that touchdown pass where Illinois did some things to open up that play and the Gophers just had no response for it and similar plays all throughout the game this past Saturday against the Illinois fighting Illini. Yeah, I thought Illinois did a nice job of setting up their play designs over the course of the game, pairing up the run schemes with the passing concepts and play action, messing with eye discipline, getting the running back, Chase Brown, involved in the passing game as well. Just the the innovative play designs. It's, it shows you that Bielema is not coaching like he did at Wisconsin. I said that last week. Barry Lenny, his offensive coordinator, has put motion in a lot of unique formation designs and personnel groupings and all sorts of different things that your defense has to identify. And I wrote about on the site this week, the mesh wheel design they used, how they built off of it over the course of the game, just making subtle tweaks. And I didn't, honestly, I thought, you know, the defense had some moments where it was like four fourth down conversions, a couple of long down situations that they were able to overcome. If you eliminate those plays, I actually didn't think the defense played horribly it was just a product of those couple of plays like i just mentioned and then offense not sustaining drives where you're quickly going three and out and not playing efficiently so your defense is on the field a lot it all ties together 
the quality of the opponent has definitely increased the last two weeks. And that's no real slight on Michigan State, but I think what we've learned of the three Big Ten opponents that the Gophers have played, Michigan State is probably the worst of those three teams. So the Gophers start off 4-0. They get four pretty nice wins. They weren't even really challenged. Now there's some adversity here. They've had two straight losses in a row. Effectively, Daniel House not to be doom and gloom. They're not eliminated from winning the West. They still can win the West, but it's going to take a lot of work and some help. What? Well, I actually, let me, well, I'll rephrase this. The biggest issue the last two games for me has been the offensive line. You can talk about how bad Tanner Morgan looked before he was injured against Illinois, but I think a lot of that is a product of the offensive line just not being very good and very effective. What has happened with the offensive line in the two losses as opposed to the four wins? I actually think it's the receivers. Um, the Just the inability to get separation. These past two games, Purdue and Illinois played a lot of man coverage. Uh, Illinois was sending blitz pressure, which definitely puts a strain on your offensive line, especially when you're behind the sticks. I thought they actually did okay with – uh, rushing scheme execution with the outside zone. Mo popped off a couple successful runs, despite the fact that the box was loaded and Minnesota couldn't win on the perimeter and gets consistent separation to take some strain off of the rushing attack and the offensive line who, you know, when you're behind the sticks, uh, you're definitely going to be blocking longer. You're trying to scheme things open. You're waiting and waiting and waiting for the receiver to get separation or attack the football in contested catch situations. You're running an inside fade to Mike Brown Stevens. They're playing cover one man. The safety's shaded to the opposite hash, ranges it down. And Tanner is facing pressure immediately almost, just right in his lap, throws it up. Mike Brown Stevens has got to attack the football there and get himself in position to make the play. It was the right play to call against that coverage, but that's been the name of the game, Ross, just not being able to execute when the opportunities are there and then not, you know, not making enough winning plays, being efficient offensively, especially in the passing game to take pressure off every other element of the offense, including the quarterback, the offensive line, and the play caller. So if it's not the offensive line, and I don't entirely disagree with you, and neither does the head football coach. We'll get to some sound from him in just moments. But doesn't the offense need to be doing more to protect the quarterback or to your point, Daniel House, schematically? Because multiple times this past Saturday, Illinois had free rushers. So to me, it doesn't even matter if the receivers can get open. If the quarterback literally has somebody in his face before he's completed his drop back, I don't know how much of a difference it makes if the receivers are open or not. Yeah, I, I think it all layers together, Ross, where there are moments where the offensive line doesn't execute. They send a blitz pressure. It's not picked up right. The quarterback maybe holds the ball too long. You got, you know, a, a receiver's not getting separation. Like every – you have to take it on a play-to-play basis and go, okay, who was responsible for this? And a lot of times it's like maybe it's one person makes a mistake, couple people make a mistake. And honestly, we don't know exactly what the call is, what – is being asked of the offensive line, the quarterback, the receivers, what the progression looks like. We can infer and guess, but you know, I just think that not being able to get open, create space in the passing game, you know, with rubs, uh, those types of things to just get guys open against man coverage. That's been the storyline. They tried to use RPO, ran it to the backside, then 
you know, it's guys not being physical at the catch point. It's a drop, like just timing issues. It seems like at times, cause you watch a receiver run the route and they're already out of the break when the quarterback's getting to the top of the drop. It's like, I don't think that's supposed to be the case. There was one route in the game where I was like that, that didn't look right. So like I said, it's just a combination of different factors, but they have to try to get this quick passing game going, come up with some ways to scheme things open to take pressure off everything. Hat tip to the Gopher Sports YouTube page for covering, like they always do, covering and posting the head football coach's press conference this week. Here's what he had to say about those receivers. We'll play this, and then, Daniel, you can react to that. Then I want to bring something else up to you. Two things. we got to be able to create separation, and then we got to be able to make the plays that present itself. It's simple. I mean, uh, when we were able to catch a ball in traffic and make plays, we're really good. I watched the Michigan State game. We're able to do that. Same guys, making plays uh, in traffic, contested catches, make, playing big. Uh, uh, but when we don't do that, um, that doesn't allow our offense to be balanced. And then we become one-dimensional really quick. We played really uh, – th- that's one of the best defenses in the country. In fact, I think the number one defense in the country. And they are that good. And so when you get behind the sticks on them – it, it, it discourages you to be able to keep going with the pass game because we only had, I think, 19 plays in the first half. I mean, you and you got an All-American tailback back there, so but you better be able to catch the ball when it's thrown to be able to move efficiently down the field. Thoughts right there, Daniel House. Is it that simple just to catch the ball in traffic and that would change the entire game? Is it that simple? I do feel as if execution is a big part of it, Ross, where there are plays to be had out there. Like you go through and you fine tooth comb through these games and you say, all right, what if you make this catch here? What if this is blocked up correctly? Uh, You know, specifically with the receivers, it's like, you know, Chris Ottman Bell's injury has definitely hurt them in these past couple of games because teams have to account for him. It changes the way they scheme for Minnesota. Maybe you're able to have someone get open and get separation against man coverage, which then, you know, makes that the defense have to make a decision. Do you want to dedicate a defender into the box to stop the run? Or do you want to, you know, dedicate coverage resources to take away the passing game? And that's what the deal was back when Minnesota had that super efficient offense in 2019, they were running into lighter boxes because their passing game was able to be explosive. And you just look at those receivers that they had that year, Ross. It's like Bateman, Johnson, uh, Bell, Demetrius Douglas. And then you got the three backs in the backfield with Mo Rodney and Shannon Brooks. The explosiveness of that group, ability to get open. This one here, we still work in progress, you know, work in progress. You're like Dalen Wright. You're waiting for him to, to show that he's going to take the next step with all that natural ability and it just hasn't gotten there mike brown stevens has dropped balls been inconsistent like the inconsistency is the name of the game ross and i i don't know what it's going to take to get that consistency from the group never inconsistent and always consistent with their delivery are my friends at beans coffee company you know by now they're about more than just providing fresh great tasting coffee they're also about convenience It's so simple. Go to coffeebybeans.com. That is coffeebybeans.com. Take a look at all their wonderful blends. You order three bags or more, they'll ship them to you for free. You want to get signed up for a coffee subscription? It just shows up. Very simple, very convenient, and wonderfully delicious coffee. 
promo code sports chat. If you use the promo code sports chat, you're going to save at checkout. Coffeebybeans.com. Coffeebybeans.com. Use the promo code sports chat. Before we preview Penn State, I want to throw something out to you. And this will get everybody upset that says I'm too negative when it comes to the Gopher football program, okay? So I'm I'm letting you know right now, this isn't going to be a super positive two or three minutes, okay? But here, okay, I'm ready. Okay, here's my question to you. And let me put a disclaimer, okay, because I know I'm going to get this. I am not super disappointed in this season so far. I am not upset at P.J. Fleck. I am not calling for him to be dismissed I am not calling for massive changes I'm not calling for any of that I just do want to throw this out there because to me it's not sitting well and it hasn't sit well since Saturday and what I want to throw out there is this Brett Bielema has now been at the University of Illinois for a season and a half his coffee is still warm on the desk it hasn't even gotten cool Jeff Brom arrived to West Lafayette at the same time P.J. Fleck arrived to Dinkytown. More than likely, Brett Bielema or Jeff Brom are going to beat P.J. Fleck to outright or winning the Big Ten West and going to the Big Ten championship game. Again, I got to be honest, it's not all doom and gloom. I don't know if you would call this a black eye on P.J. Fleck and the P.J. Fleck regime. But I think if you're really being honest, this isn't a great look. It, 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 it isn't. A guy who got hired at the same time as you, it potentially is going to beat you to the Big Ten championship game. Or a guy who has really not even had two full recruiting seasons. Now, I know the transfer portal changes that. But PJ also has access to the transfer portal. So it's just, it's not sitting well with me. So I guess I need you to tell me, am I overreacting or is it a legitimate gripe or concern that at this point, somebody who came in at the same time or came in after him at programs that I believe to only be at the same level as Minnesota or even below, that one of those two guys is more than likely going to beat him to the Big Ten title game? Here's what I'll say about Brom. I think Brom knew that he had to run the football better and invest in that if he wanted to take that next step as a big 10 West program, because it's such a high passing volume. And I know, you know, passing and creating space can help the running game, but they were never able to consistently run the ball. Now you watch them with Maccabee and Downing and uh, King Doru, like all those guys in the backfield are making a difference. That was the point where Brown knew he had to sort of bring a new element into his system. You look at Brett Bielema, comes in, makes two very good coordinator hires. Barry Lunny has innovated using so much pre-snap motion, formation stuff, building off of plays, just doing things that uh, are modern in terms of tempo, four fourth down conversions, being super aggressive, following the numbers in those situations, planning ahead, thinking about, okay, it's first down. We're at this spot on the field. If I want to go for it on fourth down, I'm telling my coordinator right now that, hey, you have four downs here. We are going for it on fourth down, which impacts your play calling, especially when you get to like third down, you're thinking, okay, I got fourth down as well. So what I'm saying is, is like there are moments where you are going to have to evolve what you do to keep pace with 
other programs, where college football is heading. And now I feel as if this offseason and throughout the course of the season, PJ is going to have to evaluate where can Minnesota evolve to keep pace and maybe get an edge over some of these opponents. One more quick follow-up, then I promise we'll get to Penn State. Would PJ or the staff benefit from having some sort of game management specialist or maybe even just redefining how they go through games? Because this to me wasn't uh, second guessing, it was first guessing. I did not love the calling two timeouts to try and force the backup kicker to kick into the wind and then it it never even came into play. I just didn't like that mainly because it wasn't going to be a long field goal. If you're talking a 40, 50 yard field goal, well, okay. If you're talking a field goal from inside of 30, I mean, you got to think a big 10 kicker is going to make that kick more often than not, whether it's the backup kicker or not. I just didn't love that. And it always goes back to with him. I just don't think he's the greatest at timeout management. And I am shocked at this point, it hasn't burned him as bad as I expected to one day. Yeah, I mean, it It comes down to, in that situation, I've done a lot of research on timeouts. And, you know, you want to have two timeouts at the end of the half if you can. So if you're blowing two timeouts very, very early, you know, I feel like you have a, you, you can afford to burn one timeout. Like there's one freebie that you can have throughout the half, but you got to make sure you have two with like four minutes left at the end of each half. So, yeah, there's some there's some opportunities there. And I also think like this is – like I said, this offseason, got to figure out this new landscape, this fork in the road of college football with the transfer portal, with NIL, with how people are getting recruited. What can you do to get your roster an edge? Which players make sense in the transfer portal? How do you structure your roster to balance out recruiting in the transfer portal, which is something that Illinois has done a nice job of? Where can you get an edge during the game? How can you make your schemes more difficult for people to defend? Where can you gain that little edge that might take your program to the next level? And Brett Bielema learned a lot. He went through adversity as a coach, spent time with Bill Belichick, was with the Giants for a while, took all of those ideas, put them in together and said, okay, here's how we are going to change our offense, our defensive schemes to evolve with with where college football is going. I I don't have as much of an issue with defensively. I think there's opportunity offensively to, to really uh, modernize and maybe do some different things, but it it comes down to what PJ believes in philosophically moving forward and how he feels college football is moving forward. 6.30 Saturday night, the Gophers getting some prime time exposure Joe Tessitore will yell at the top of his lungs for three and a half hours with Greg McElroy by his side on ABC. House, what does Vegas know that we don't know? Because right now, they are only slotting Penn State as four-point favorites. I, I hope the Gophers win. I do think there's a scenario in which they could win. I would not pick the Gophers to lose by four or less points, though. It What... What does Vegas know that I don't, or am I just wrong in that opinion? Can the Gophers hang with Penn State with or without Tanner Morgan? I don't know if I would like that four points. Well, you look at the numbers, Ross, and I I break this game down how I think about it. It, You know, know it's a little bit different how I think about it. The last two matchups, I said, okay, the numbers, these matchups, I I don't know about this matchup. For the record, I want to hop in here. For the record, Daniel would never say this. (laughs) 
So far this year, Daniel was not super worried about the Gophers playing Michigan State, and he was right. And maybe you alluded to it on our last few pods. You were worried about both Purdue and Illinois for the Gophers, and you were right. So your worry level in the Big Ten is one and two so far. That matches the Gophers' record. So I'm interested to see how that plays I will, out with I Penn State. Say I'll put, I wouldn't say the worry scale is as high with Penn State just solely based off the things that I look at. And you don't know whether Sean Clifford will play. Uh, Aller might end up starting the five-star freshman quarterback, so it could be a battle of two you know, young quarterbacks. But the environment, how electric that will be, it's it's like, Ross, you got to get off to a quick start. Like you got to sort of take the football and try to score and get the crowd out of the game and do it that way. But when I look at Penn State, here's what's interesting. It, they're not a very like on schedule offense. Like they're not performing super efficiently on a play to play basis, but they're creating a lot of explosives because of their dynamic athleticism. And, you know, you look at running back with Singleton and Allen, both breaking a lot of tackles, hitting those home run plays. Uh, I wrote about this uh, on the website talking about how they've really relied on explosive plays. So if you can get them behind the sticks, I think offensively I would use a lot of stunts because the right side of their offensive line is exploitable. I said that from the beginning. They're pretty inexperienced up there. So I feel as if Rossi could – dial up something very creative defensively if he gets them behind the sticks to to cause some trouble so like looking looking at the numbers i factor in the atmosphere a bit i think that's going to be very challenging and potentially with you know the backup quarterbacks playing it's it's sort of a tough game to predict but i feel as if from the things that i look at and factor in the this team stylistically and in all those boxes Purdue and Illinois that the style of play sort of wasn't as good but then I'll also say this is probably the best secondary that they played against thus far so when you have that receiver thing and not getting separation that's the biggest matchup that you know are you able to run the ball on them uh creative rushing schemes have sort of given them trouble so I would say you're trying to run the ball uh, maybe if Cole Kramer is available, they play both Ethan and Cole, sort of mix it up, bring them both in, uh, just hit on a couple quick game passes and maybe take take a shot deep. Like I, I laid it all out, but I don't really know. This is sort of a, a weird matchup because there's a lot of unknown variables. Humor me for one second here. What is the Gophers' path to still winning the West? I, I think you essentially have to win out. Or even if you lose, if you lose to Penn State, you have to win out from there. But you're already behind the eight ball. You trail Purdue and Wisconsin. You lost to both of them. You could get a little help this weekend from Wisconsin if Wisconsin's able to beat Purdue and then you beat Wisconsin later this year. That would help you, but certainly myself and most Gopher fans don't ever really want to cheer for Wisconsin. So what is the likelihood in your opinion this squad can win the west is it is it pretty low because i I would tell you for me it's 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 pretty low i still think this season can be successful but it's pretty low i feel as if they match up well with everyone down the stretch here you know i'm talking about the final five games because i i think this one's very tough to predict just because of the unknowns and what what will happen but i do think the final five games 
project pretty well on paper. I mean, I, I don't like to talk that way because I feel like week to week things change so much. Like just look at the quarterbacks here. Like when you project out, you just don't know. However, not having the tiebreaker with Illinois and Purdue hurts you because if you do get in a situation where you're tied, you're not going to benefit from that. Even if you split between those two teams, I think it's a whole different conversation if you beat, if you win one of those games, then I think it's like, okay, you're definitely able to, to handle that. But now you need some help. You need that. Illinois plays Purdue at Illinois. So that matchup, I don't know how exactly you want that to shake out. It sort of depends on how Wisconsin and Purdue goes this week. Purdue has not beat Wisconsin in like 18 years. And it's in Madison. It's in Madtown. Jim Leonard's first home game as head coach. Yeah, and Jim, uh, Jim with a tough loss last weekend to Sparty, which I, which I did enjoy. Let's we talked it. about that last week too. Everybody thought Wisconsin was gonna. I said Mel Tucker cannot afford to lose another game. Yeah, Mel Tucker really can't because I, I can buy a scenario in a couple of years where all the boosters are looking around at Michigan State, wondering why they spent so much money on Mel Tucker. That was a, a huge, huge win for Mel and Sparty. Looking around the Big Ten this weekend, Iowa is at Ohio State. Indiana is at Rutgers, House mentioned Purdue at Wisconsin, Northwestern at Maryland, Minnesota at Penn State. House, this might be the most bland week of Big Ten, at least games on paper that we've talked about here in these review preview shows. Not a ton excites me. Could Ohio State slow or could Iowa slow down Ohio State a little bit? Yeah, I think they could, but I don't think they can score to stay with them. So I don't I don't see much there. Indiana and Rutgers could be mildly fun, but it doesn't really mean a lot. Purdue and Wisconsin will be fun just for the fact you got the Gophers chasing Purdue, and we always like to cheer against Wisconsin. Northwestern and Maryland does nothing for me. If I had to rate every game in college football this Saturday, Daniel, that would be near the bottom. Oh, yeah, no question. Like, yeah, this is a pretty weak Big Ten. Like, Purdue at Wisconsin, Minnesota at Penn State are probably the two you know, most intriguing games to watch overall. Other than that, like this is definitely a down week. Can you imagine Ohio State's offense, uh, Ohio State's defense going against Iowa's offense? Like all of that talent and speed and Jim Knowles scheming it up against Brian Ferentz. Like this, this could be a complete obliteration. Like th- I can't even imagine what Jim Knowles has schemed up. I believe Ohio State was on a bye last week, too. Like, a full extra week to get ready for the game. Like, oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. Outside the Big Ten, Syracuse and Clemson could be fun. Could be a little fun. I, I, I'd i give yeah. I'd give Syracuse a much better chance if they were at home. But huge, Cle- huge ups to Dino Babers, Yes. I mean, that dude knew he had to make some changes to sort of energize the program and he did it and i i've been impressed with their squad let's do this house in closing i know this is the go for football preview and review edition but sell me on dennis evans i'm trying to decide how excited i should be about this and i i've i don't know i i honestly don't know because he had a meteoric rise And then it comes down to two teams, and I'm not trying to knock Minnesota or TCU, but when you tell me a kid's a five-star recruit, but the two teams he's down to are Minnesota and TCU, 
something doesn't add up to me. So I just want to know, I expect him to be good, but how good can he be and how excited should I be? And are we talking about a player that'll be here for a couple of years or are we talking about a one and done? Well, the rim protection, we all know how valuable that is. You know, remember a couple of years ago, Ross, how they, teams would just blow right up the lane and n- just no effect on the shot at all. And right away when Ben Johnson was hired, he talked about, you know, that being an important trait, versatility in all the spots on the court. And Dennis Evans is one of those players that wasn't being recruited a lot, under-recruited, you know, sort of had that big rise like you talked about ben johnson going out spending time out on the west coast watching him in a gym and building that relationship going after him because he liked him and how he'd fit and also wants to pursue a business degree at the u so that was a big factor as well you know the carlson school and what he can do academically and so he he is not only looking at the basketball side but the academics too and having a seven foot center that can block shots like he does, and then also have the upside on the offensive end, like he hasn't tapped into that, uh, I think the coaching staff is super excited about what he can bring. One thing I want to do with you, House, and it won't be today, maybe if this gopher football season continues to spiral a bit out of control, maybe we'll spend a bit of time in one of the preview or review editions. I'd like to talk NIL with you, and the main reason why this came up is – A lot of people thought Dennis Evans might wind up at TCU because they could do more for him financially than what the University of Minnesota can do. And that might be true, but in my head, I'm having trouble grappling with that because of all the Fortune 500 companies that are in and around Minneapolis-St. Paul. Is the U, I know they've launched a program for NIL, but are they behind others? Are they ahead of others? Are they not where they should be? Because... To me, that's intriguing. I would like to think that the University of Minnesota would be able to offer more NIL-wise than TCU. But, you know, obviously I, I may have been wrong on that. But regardless, it doesn't matter. Notice I didn't say irregardless to the person who pointed it out on Twitter. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Dennis Evans is a golden gopher. So row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Ben Johnson. Yeah, it's, it just shows you where the program's heading. Uh, ben Johnson on the recruiting trail, trying to build up the ability to get those high-caliber players. You look at Christie out of Illinois being the top player down there, landing him and Evans together, and then having success with the in-state players in this class coming in, and Henley as well. Like You look at the, the construction of Gopher basketball now, it's like the versatility and the shooting, and then also being able to get guys that can affect shots, block shots, do things on the defensive end. Uh, it opens up a world of possibilities. And like we had talked about early, you know, when Ben Johnson got hired, it's all about shooting. Like you go and look at these games like I do and you break down the numbers. The teams that shoot at a high level win, and now you see Ben really prioritizing that within the the players that he has. How see, how do people find you on the socials? What is the site? And when they get to the site, gophersguru.com, I can answer that part. What are they going to find? You can check out the site at gophersguru.com. It features a ton of different content options where you can learn about some of my advanced stats, uh, film breakdowns, and then also dashing in uh, you know, content from the coordinators, features, all those different things that sort of take a next-gen approach to go for coverage. And then 
also dabbling in. I do basketball occasionally uh, during the football, mostly after the football season. But, you know, Dennis Evans, we obviously had to throw out a piece on that. So head over and check out all the, the content. I'm also forewarning you, you and I will go check out the Pride on Ice Bob Motzko squad this uh fall or winter so you Heck just yeah. you be prepared for that I, i'm saving it for a big 10 matchup although the uh coach the coaches squad taking on i don't even want to say it i'll just say north dakota i'm not going to say what they used to be i don't like what their name is now so i'll just call them <laughs> the school from north dakota invades uh, mariucci this weekend house you're the absolute best enjoy the gophers game on saturday Hey, hey you too. the Gophers have shocked the world at Happy Valley uh, once before, a few times before. Maybe they'll do it again on Saturday night. Hey, that would I'm be a ton of what, fun. This is this is going to be a weird game, I feel like. So. <laughs> I'm laying it right out there right now. It's hey, going to be a weird game. If it's weird and the Gophers win, I'll take it. You know, five and two sounds a heck it's of a so lot unknown, better than four man. and three. It's, just, it, it's so unknown, but I, I look forward to it. Let's see what, what they have schemed up. That is Mr. Daniel House. Find him at gophersguru.com. And at Daniel House NFL on the Twitter machine. I'm Ross Brendel. I am at Brendel Ross on Twitter. And that'll do it for the 137th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review kindly. We'll talk again in this feed next week.